Hello, Mississippi and beyond. Welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that brings you the SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. I'm joined today by Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader, Brad Henderson. We're talking baseball in the program today. The Rebels shorthanded on the mound this weekend as they take on uh, my alma mater, the university formerly known as Northeast Louisiana. It's Louisiana Monroe of the Sunbelt Conference in for three games at Swayze Field, the final pre-SEC weekend. Folks, before we move on, we want to thank our partner, the Oxford Park Commission. Lots of spring sports registrations underway, and they're looking for lifeguards at the city pool. The pool will be open Memorial Day weekend and will remain open through Labor Day. Lifeguard candidates must be at least 16 and must have a current lifeguard certification. For questions, email OPC Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, Jamie at OxfordParkCommission.com or just apply at OxfordMS.net. Uh, Brad, has your lifeguard certification expired, or is it still? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't do the lifeguard thing, Parrish. I, I, I'll sit and watch my daughter swim. That's that's about it for me. Now, Brad, I know you got in the pool back in the day, man. You got that leg stronger after that uh, after that football injury. So that is true. That is true. But I had I had a goal in mind at that time, and I. I I don't have much goal, you know, as far as swimming goes. Uh, I, I let my daughter. I let my daughter do it. Well, I tell you what, I enjoy getting in the water when I can. The pool was very important for me after the car wreck in 1991, just the therapy. And uh, when I couldn't uh, bear weight on legs, broke both femurs, um, multiple fractures. I was able to get in the pool and walk. That was a big part of uh, of therapy. So lots of good things going on at uh, the Oxford Park Commission, and we thank them for coming along for the ride. What's going on, Brad, at Alpha Insurance? Man, just the weather's getting right and uh, just trying to insure some homes and cars and lives. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really focused on the autos right now. We got a new auto program out here a few weeks back, and it's been really competitive. So things have started to kind of pick up around Alpha. Brad, tell me about uh, young drivers when you talk about auto insurance. You know, it used to be Back in the day, uh, it seemed like 25 was the age on the calendar. Man, if I could just get to 25, my auto insurance uh, is going to decrease. What's what's all that like now? I mean, obviously, uh, you, you get these people, get young folks uh, in cars for the first time. Obviously, there's there's a little more risk involved sure. there. But uh, you know, what what goes into uh, young drivers kind of? Uh, I guess seeing some better rates uh, older, you know, as they get older in life. Well, I'll tell you, we, we were at that same point, Paris, just a few weeks ago. 25 was kind of the magic number. You know, if, if you were under 25, your rates weren't as good. But with this new program, uh, they, they don't penalize young drivers uh, until they need to be penalized. And that means tickets or wrecks, but that's the same as with an adult. So that's why I was saying the rates right now are real competitive with us, but because on the front end, uh, they're not getting penalized like they used to, like exactly what you said. Well, when they turn 25, they're going to be considered an adult driver. So that that's why we've, we've been really good with youthful drivers, uh, in the past few weeks. And, and we're getting a lot more phone calls because of that change in our auto program. 
So good, good. Not uh, not penalized right away. I know that uh, makes a lot of, uh, you know, that, that's probably lost on the youthful drivers right away because usually it's not the youthful drivers that are uh, signing that check for the insurance. So <laughs> no, that's right. it's not that's lost right. on the parents. I, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of risk, uh, Brad, there might be a little more risk with uh, Ole Miss pitching this weekend against uh, Louisiana Monroe. We knew Max Chofey was out. He was out last weekend. He wasn't able to push through uh, a knee injury that required some surgery on Tuesday to repair a torn meniscus. So another two to four weeks for a a key bullpen arm there in Max Chofey before he can return. Didn't really know about Doug Nikhazy. He wasn't really showing uh, uh, any effects of a, a strained muscle in his lower chest uh, when he had a really – I think what ten strikeouts a walk, ten and two, something like that. Yeah. Against Belmont last Friday. Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, what do you make of Ole Miss pitching right now? Well, they're going to have to mix and match for sure. Obviously, I think they're going to run Drew McDaniel out there on Saturday. Uh, they're going to throw Gunner on Friday, and uh, then keep Derek on Sunday. But you know, it, it's just it, it's an opportunity, uh, especially for Drew, and that's why you come to a place like this. It's that the next man up mentality. Uh, obviously, it's a huge loss for Ole Miss because Doug's been so good over the years, but it gives Drew some weekend experience. And, uh, you know, I think in the long run, it'll be good just simply because uh, if, if Doug moves on or Gunner moves on after this year, you've got a guy that'll have some some weekend experience. But uh, Drew's been really good up to this point. And I know the, the measuring stick is – is a lot of bullpen work and, and one midweek start, but uh, you know they, they're 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 high on his stuff. That and and the thing about Drew is he he's a uh, he's a strike thrower. He's going to throw four pitches for a strike. Uh, he's going to be a, a ninety to ninety three mile an hour guy. He's not a big guy, uh, but uh, you know it, it, the thing with him is that, that he hasn't really shown yet because he hadn't had the opportunity is. Once the lineup turns over and they see him two or three times, you know how, how good is he going to be? How, how good is he going to be then? But uh, no, I think Monroe will be a good test for him. You know, I'd rather be Monroe than obviously uh, Auburn or, or, or conference. But uh, you know, it is what it is at this point, and so they're going to roll him out there, and and you know, they they got a lot of confidence in him. I'll say yeah, that. I do think this is this is a good time for a change like this. I mean, I, I think. Uh, uh, ULM is going to come in and they'll be, they'll be competitive, but I would certainly rank them fourth among the four pre-conference weekends. I don't think they're going to be a strong they're five and four right now. Uh, Some belt conference. I think they're projected in the upper third of the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not going to roll over, you know, there are good players uh, everywhere you go, but uh, I don't, I would be very surprised if, if they pushed Ole Miss to the level that uh, UCF and Belmont did uh, in the last two weekends. Uh, interesting point that you bring up there, Brad, on pitchers seeing the lineup a second and third time. And obviously, uh, yeah, if, if you're the starting pitcher, you know, and if you're, if you're doing your, your job, you're, you're, you're going to get there. But how much of an advantage, how much does that change? How much does a pitcher have to adapt second and third time through the order and what does that mean for a hitter after he gets that, you know, sometimes we see an offense come out and, you know, the first uh, one or two innings just really put some runs on the board. But, you know, more often than not, hitters got to warm up. How big an advantage is that when they've seen him just that one time? Yeah, it's a huge advantage because 
and until you see them live the first time, you don't really know arm angle and where, where to look for the ball coming out of the hand. And, and you don't really know the true breaking balls and, and change-ups. And so once you've seen those, you can kind of make that adjustment. And uh, for me, it was always once I saw the breaking ball, then I kind of knew I wasn't going to swing at it until I got two strikes, but I knew I could take it, you know, and, and was going to force that pitcher to, to throw strikes. And if he couldn't, I was going to get in a fastball count and be aggressive. Uh, plus, just the wear and tear, you know, can, can Drew physically, you know, can he get to that 80, 90, 95 pitch mark, you know, and, and the endurance? Because it's, it's completely different than coming out of the bullpen when, when you're just a max effort for, for an inning or two. And, uh, and he'll have to pace himself and make quality pitches. But I think the key as well, though, is don't put, put himself in pressure situations, you know. And, and when Ole Miss has been really good, uh, they're getting ahead of hitters and, and they're not giving free passes. When Ole Miss gets in trouble, it seems like they walk the leadoff guy or hit a guy, and then it kind of snowballs sometimes on some of these guys. So, you know, I think the key will be getting ahead and staying ahead uh, and, and make the hitters – being a uh, in defense mode rather than attack mode. Yeah, uh, pressure situation. The ninth inning against Belmont there in Game Three. I, it was Taylor's uh, second, Taylor Broadway's second appearance uh, of the of the weekend. I, I was surprised that it that uh, that they hit him. And, they, and you look back, they hit him twice, but he hit a batter. He just wasn't quite as sharp the second time around. Again, you know, Belmont had seen him. Uh, you know, right. I know that. Oh, that that comes into play, but uh, that was one of those situations. Man, those leadoff walks, man, and, and uh, Braden Forsyth had just put two on base. I think a walk and a and a hit by pitch. That that that's really that that's difficult to overcome. Yeah, uh, and that, to me, that that's of course we talk about the pitching staff. So I guess we're gonna have. Uh, and it's probably not fair to them because it, it doesn't happen very often. But it seems like when it does happen, it's magnified. You know, it's either in a, in a tight game, and, and I haven't seen the percentages. I should probably go back and look, but I would say the percentages are pretty high when we do have a leadoff walk or a leadoff hit batter that that guy's ended up scoring. And, uh, you know, again, their numbers, the bullpen's numbers are just phenomenal. So I guess if there's one thing we can pick on, it, it would be the leadoff guy. Uh, somehow finding a way on via hit by pitch or, or walk. But, uh, yeah, you know, like you said with, with with Taylor Broadway the other day, I just think it was – they had seen him again. But credit Belmont. That, that's a good ball club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I think they'll do well uh, in the OVC. And, you know, it's still so early. It's hard to tell who's good, who's not – you know what I'm saying? Are, are we really good? Or are we not as good as we think we are? But and, I'll and, tell you, you know, Brad, it's hard to tell, really, until you get into conference. Yeah, and, and I know that this is – again, uh, it seems like nitpicking. But, man, I just uh, – when, when you talk about is, is this team really good, what we have seen so far, uh, this offense to me doesn't look like the uh, 2019 offense, doesn't look like last year's offense. Um or maybe or 2018, I guess I'm thinking of. It just does not look as dominant. I think uh, through 13 games right now, 11 and two, it's usually been pretty timely. You know, it's it's been clutch. It was clutch against Texas. Uh, it was clutch uh, last weekend against Belmont. They they've usually been able to produce the runs. You know, at at the most important times. And usually, what we're seeing out of this offense right now is uh, is a crooked number. Is is a big inning, 
uh, maybe once or twice during the game, not seeing that inning by inning uh, extend the lead. Uh, what, what are you seeing from Ole Miss offensively right now? Yeah, same thing, Parrish. I, I think clearly the, the home run numbers are down. You know, through through 17 games last year, we had 37 homers and we're leading the country. And I think through uh, 13 games right now, we're at around 16 home runs. And uh, so clearly the power numbers are down. And and a lot of that has to do with who you lost. You know, Keenan, Keenan and Servideo were leading the team. I think they had 10 between the two of them. Uh, before the season was cut short. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I think we just don't string enough consistent innings together where we put pressure on teams. Now, when we do put that inning together, we do throw up a crooked number, you know, and we're taking a lot of walks, a lot of hit-by-pitch. I think we had 10 walks and four hit-by-pitch uh, Tuesday. Uh, and, and it seems like once we do that, we do produce a big inning. But uh, we'll hit those lulls there where we go may go four, five, six innings and throw up goose eggs, and it keeps teams you could put away early. It keeps them in the game and a little bit of momentum in that dugout. So I think that's one thing Ole Miss is going to have to improve on. And to me, it's the bottom of the lineup now. You know, you, you get a Leatherwood or, or a uh, Van Cleve, and 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 obviously who, who's going to play second base while Shatton is that You know, those guys may – they may go over. You know, they, they, they may get a hit, and then they may they may not get a hit for another six or seven at-bats, and it seems like they end up stacking on top of each other. And it, and it gives some easy innings for the opponent's pitcher and defense. Uh, but, again, we're being nitpicky on, on a team that's lost two games and we're ranked third or fourth in the country. Uh, but you're right. I, I don't think we're right now as potent as we were last year, but I think we're just one or two guys away from the bottom of that lineup of being as good as we were. Will that happen? Who knows? But certainly this weekend, knock on wood, I haven't heard that uh, officially, but he comes back in the lineup, and then you start moving some of these guys. You know, it would probably help to move a Jacob Gonzalez to, to a seven-hole. or And I don't know that they're going to do that, but but you can take some pressure off the freshman. And, uh, and then you just really need that eight, nine-hole hitter to give you some production, you know. Yeah, uh, Mike told us uh, Tuesday night he expects uh, uh, Peyton to be available this weekend. That would obviously uh, be a big pickup and, and could really uh, be a spark in the offense. The uh, the second base production offensively is, has been kind of erratic since he's yeah. to be expected uh, since since he's been out. And I like the idea of uh, moving Jacob Gonzalez down. He's a guy, man, you know, uh, they, they were all on the Jacob Gonzalez train before the season. Felt like he had a great, uh, great fall, and, and he's been very consistent uh, defensively. And I, and I think he'll come around. I think maybe uh, the the home run in Texas and kind of the first weekend um, maybe uh, created some uh, lofty expectations for him mm -hmm. as well. But he, he hasn't been as consistent. I think uh, a move down could uh, could help him. I'd like to see him in the seven hole. Uh, just generally speaking, you bring one, bring back one guy. And say that uh, Chatagnier comes back and 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 doesn't miss a beat and, and hits like he was, gets on base. I mean, what what does that do to the people around him? I and mean, what you know, what kind of difference could we see in this offense just from one guy? Yeah, I, I think it's huge because it's him because he he really is our energy. He's our spark plug, uh, and and I think Justin Bench has been phenomenal in, in that one hole. 
but but if you if you bring Peyton back, he just brings a a I think he's one of the faster players on the team as well. But but just his his uh his charisma, you know, the kid just loves playing, he's always got a smile on his face, he's dancing, he's singing, he's got his little shimmy shake in the batter's box and you know, it's just a it's just an energy level that really nobody else, other than maybe Plumley, might have. Uh, and but but he's so good in that leadoff spot. And you know, he's only got three game uh, three games under his belt. But in those three games, he had five hits and four doubles. You know, and uh, I think he can be a a, a three twenty to three fifty hitter in this league. And and that's saying a lot, especially for a guy that's only played 20 college games. But I, I really do think he's that good. Uh, he's going to hit some home runs. Um, but but the guys kind of feed off his energy. But but now you start backtracking. And, again, I don't know what coach will do with the lineup. But then you can drop bench to two. You know, you can leave Dunhurst, who's really swinging it well, at three, go Elko, four. And so now you you, you got Graham and, and you've got some guys in the back end. But, again, I think it comes down to the seven, eight, nine hole. Uh, you've got to get production from Van Cleve. You've got to get it from Leatherwood consistently. And uh, and then you got to find somebody else, uh, whether that be Baker or LaFleur, uh, to pitch in. You know, Kale right now, both those guys are struggling. I mean, it's there for the taking if they want first base. But uh, for, for me, Trey's been a little inconsistent. And uh, Kale, you know, for me right now is, is a lot of swing and miss. Uh, and he's, you know, those guys are going to have opportunities with men on base, and, and they're going to have to produce at some point. And you mentioned power numbers being down, and that's not just home runs, not seeing as many, uh, you know, in the gap doubles uh, and things like that, seeing some aggressive base running, and and usually that works out. But uh, I know that uh, Mike told us uh, Tuesday night, I, I asked him, uh, what do you want to see? Uh, your last pre-conference weekend uh, SEC play getting ready to start for the first time since Ole Miss and Vanderbilt played in the conference championship game, the tournament championship in 2019. Uh, there will be SEC teams playing one another in a week. Uh, what do you want to see this last weekend? And one of the things he mentioned was uh, base running mistakes. Uh, he, he wants to see those fewer, see those uh, eliminated. Likes where this team is offensively, thinks there has been improvement that they've made some strides, but uh, th that kind of sent off a, you know, struck a bell with me. I thought, yeah, I've seen some of those base running mistakes. Uh, and I don't know that they're always mistakes because sometimes you want guys to be aggressive, like uh, uh, Bench taking off and trying to steal third, what, early in the game against uh, Belmont. But uh, yeah, what they do seem to, uh, that, that is something they could clean up. Yeah, it's just the little things that they need to fine-tune, base running one. Uh, you know, I've seen – and it cost us to run uh, uh, against Belmont. They hit a lazy fly ball that LaFleur catches just in the outfield grass at first base, but but McCants comes over and the communication wasn't good, and he kind of knocks his feet out from Trey and he can't get up – and a guy tags from third and, and scores to tie the game up. Just little things like that that – you know, if McCants gets out of the way, McClure catches the ball, they don't even try to run home. Uh, but, but you know, just little things like that, especially when you get to, to conference play, get magnified. And and you know how close conference weekends can go. And just one or two two slip-ups like that can cost you a game. 
And uh, so I just want them to see them be a little more crisp, uh, yeah. base running being one of them. Um, but but a lot of that has to do with we're, we're going to be aggressive on the base pass. I mean, you see Mike Clements get a couple of guys thrown out at home by, by 10 or 15 feet. Well, he's banking on and, – and I've been there. I've coached third base at the college level, and you're still banking on a, a 19- or 20-year-old kid throwing it to another 19-year-old kid who's relaying it to another 19 you know there's a lot of a lot of there's a process there and you're just banking on them not being able to execute so we're always going to err on the side of being aggressive and it's cost us a few times but uh i just think it's the little things we need to clean up on uh but before we get to conference and i think bench getting thrown out at third that was uh, the same game i believe saturday against belmont uh, as as the miscommunication between uh, McCants coming over there uh, on the play, Lafleur made that was two run swing because uh, okay. after, after Bench was thrown out, uh, there was a hit. The inning was extended. He would have scored. Uh, right. So, so a, a two run swing in a game that was you know that was tied in the eighth uh, when Graham hit the home run. So yeah, little things matter. Uh, well, that, but our kind of, I'm gonna say on the flip side of that too, though. We did the little things right that may have helped us win the game because yeah. Belmont had a huge – they get a big double to tie it up, and the guy rounds third not paying attention to his coach, and we get the third out of the inning, you know, back picking the third at Tim Elko, and then we come in in the, in the ninth and win the game, you know. So it, it's, it, it goes both ways. You know, that could have cost Belmont the game, uh, but it certainly helped us on, on our way to win one. Yeah, and, and when you're three to three in the eighth on on uh, Saturday, you've done some little things right to get there. That's yeah. right. But uh, but yes, they they do magnify. And and uh, as you were talking about that, I was thinking that was a two run swing. You know? Yeah. But yep. uh, so big, the little, little things. Uh, little things are big. Who in the bullpen, Brad? Uh, do you see that uh, as as uh, Mike talks about different roles and guys stepping up and opportunity? Right now, with uh, Nikhazy and Chofi both out, who do you think emerges? Who looks different this weekend? Well, I think you saw it. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're they're going to go with with in a tight game. You got to go with Broadway. He he's your, he's your best guy right now, uh, and I don't see that falling off. Uh, I, I think Austin Miller's been pretty good. Uh, it seems like he he comes in in pressure situations every time and, and minimizes damage. Um, and he's consistent with that breaking ball. And it, it helps because he typically follows a hard-throwing right-hander up, and he comes in throwing that soft breaking ball, and it's just a tough adjustment for a hitter. But I think we saw who who Mike's got a lot of trust in by the three guys he ran out there on Tuesday. Mallets, uh, Adcock, uh, Luke Baker. Those are three freshmen that looked really good, I thought, uh, Wednesday. Uh, and, you know, he's going to run uh, Forsyth back out there. He's got to. He was too good last year. Uh, the stuff is too good. But I, I think at this point, he's got to he, – and, and Mike's a pitching guy. You know, it, it's – you've got to come in and compete and throw strikes. You know, and I think it's that point in the season now, the guys are going to – opportunities are going to start to run out a little bit if right. they show they can't run out there and you know he, he he like Wes Burton you take Wes Burton who came in against Belmont walked the first two batters and, and we took him out well so I, I thought it was a really good move Tuesday to run him back out there get him some more confidence you know 
But but these guys, all of them, not just West, but all of them have got to prove that they can come in and fill up the zone. And if not, it, they're, they're, the role will be limited. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, the podcast that brings you the, the SEC through the lens of Mississippi. You can find our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things there. We thank our partners at the Oxford Park Commission. Hey, folks, get that uh, lifeguard certification and uh, – Visit uh, OPC and see if you can help them out there at the pool. Folks, thanks for being with us. Come back and join us tomorrow.